If you've listened to our podcast before, you know that we are good friends with the Money Vikings, and we think that they have a lot of good knowledge and, uh, I mean, just a wealth of knowledge to offer. Uh, About 60 years worth of knowledge and trading experience between the three, between Greg, Bob, and Jerry. Now, I have some good news for you, because they have announced a premium program. It's the Money Vikings MVP premium content, okay? And I have to tell you this right now. If you're you're new to the market, you have got to have somebody to mentor you through it. Because 75% of all new market entrants will lose all of their money in the first year. And you have to have somebody that will guide you through it to to prevent you from making these mistakes that most people do. And with this MVP access, this premium content, you will get direct access to Greg, Bob, and Jerry on Discord. That's the most important feature of this program, in my opinion. They do also have access, well, they will give you access to other things such as hot trades, weekly newsletters, technical analysis. Hey, it's ad free. That's cool too, right? Guides and tutorials, tools and custom technical indicators, exclusive analytics and informative articles, and then, as I said, exclusive direct access to Greg, Jerry, and Bob, who have over 60 years of experience between them. Now, if you listen to this podcast, you need to get a pencil and you need to get a paper and you need to write this down because you get 25% off. Once you go to moneyvikings.com and you sign up, you'll you'll get to enter in this code. It's capital T M V P 1 C-K-1-N-S. That is all capital. T-M-V-P-1-C-K-1-N-S. An easy way to remember that is T-M-V Pickens, but the one replaces the I. So go to moneyvikings.com, claim your discount for being a Chinchilla Picking Podcast listener, and conquer your financial freedom. everybody welcome to the chinchilla picking podcast it is september 14th 2021 as always we hope to be entertaining educational and uplifting because we want everyone to make money brandon beaver that's who i'm here with my name is david underwood brandon how's it going man i'm doing all right how about you i am doing fantastic i just downed a red bull in two minutes and so i will be really high and then come crashing down later so I'm crashing right now. I had too much coffee this morning, and I am dead tired. I am exhausted right now. I, I think, you know, it's that time of, of year where everybody's just feeling exhausted as we head into the holiday season and we transfer from the summer season. And September is kind of that midpoint, you know what I mean? Yeah, but we're still in, like, the 90-degree area. It's still super hot outside. It is. Yeah, it is. It is. Hey, uh, real quick, I I... I, I I, I kind of like where this fluff is going, but 
we're gonna skip it because I wanna. I also want to mention that September is a transition point in the stock market. It has nothing to do with what we're both going to talk about tonight. But historically speaking, September is the lowest month of the year. Historically speaking. You know, if you've got cash on the side, and you should always have cash on the side, that's a good thing. And it's really hard to look at for me to look at the situation and I'm not, listen, I'm not going to take profits in um, August because I think that September is going to be bad just because it's September. You know what I mean? I don't sell in preparation for this month because you really never know when you're going to have a divergence. And it really doesn't involve any set of macroeconomics. It may just be repositioning by big funds that might play into it. But, you know, if you got cash on the side. pension fund. Could be a Japanese pension fund. It could. You never know what's happening um, behind the scenes like that. And if if your stock, if if there's no real negative news on the microeconomic front for your particular stocks, there's no reason to sell because September's coming. Unless you know, if you're a swing trader or day trader, that's fine. I I understand, but it it's not that big of a deal to me. Unless you got money to buy in. <laughs> <laughs> you get a you, you get go. a good opportunity to buy. Opportunity. All right. Well, since we're moving into stocks, guys, let's go over the rules real quick. Rules, rules, rules. Rules are Brandon and I get together before the show. Uh, usually, just five or ten minutes, literally like two minutes before this show, and we tell each other what we're going to talk about. We don't discuss it. You guys hear the live discussion here on the show. That way, you get to kind of see where our brains are at, how we're thinking, how we come up with what we come up with. Brandon's going to lead off the show here tonight. Brandon, take it away, man. Apple had their event today. Uh, They announced the uh, new iPad Pro. And if you have uh, Thinkorswim, I I recommend downloading it if you don't. It's TD Ameritrade. They have this cool little feature uh, from Trefus, which is a stock grading group. And they actually break down what the value of each segment of a company is in relation to the market cap, right? So Trefus tells us, and they make the estimation, that the value of the iPads for Apple, that represents about 7% of the stock price right now. They give this segment a value of $182.69 billion. So 7% seems pretty low, but this is still a large market here, okay? iPad sales growth increased 40% year over year. Per the Q3 earnings report, iPads were 9.5, I'm sorry, 9.05% of Apple's revenue. I expect this actually to go higher with the digitization of the economy and um, with more companies looking at ESG and sustainability, right? Because it's so much better to have an iPad when you go out onto the sales floor if you're a retail associate or a retail manager, for example, rather than having to print off you know, 500 pages and then walk out onto the sales floor and then, you know, look at, look through your reports and stuff. You've got an Apple iPad right on you that has all that stuff already. You don't have to print those things out. You can be more sustainable. You can actually save money in the long run with an iPad. Uh, it's also really good for, uh, for kids and schools and learning from home if they need to. So I do expect actually that iPad sales will 
increase in the percentage of revenue for iPads will go up just a little bit. This new, oh, go ahead, Dave. So on, on the iPad front, and you mentioned like small businesses, I also want to mention that iPad works with Square. So a lot of small businesses use uh, the pay the uh, payment system Square, and so iPad actually works with it. You, I've seen it at some of the local restaurants I've been at, or other small businesses where you know they have an iPad that they spin around on this square little holder, but then it's an actual iPad they could take out of there and use on the go as well. And so the iPad is being incorporated in a lot of other areas as well. Is that the thing that they hook onto the top of the iPad and you swipe your card through it? Yes. That's cool. Yes. That square. That's why Square was a great company that be pre this this podcast, this uh, website we set up when we were doing the Facebook group and we we're running that whole Facebook group random. Mm-hmm. I had called Square way back in the day and said, "This is a few. This is where a lot of places are going." You know, I saw the opportunity then, and it, it is. It's grown. I see it everywhere in all these small businesses. But my point is, to tie it into Apple, they use iPads. Yeah, and I think it's pretty low cost too. I've seen I've got a bu- buddy of mine that runs a um a hookah bar out here and he uses those too. Yeah. So I know that same guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um the new iPad Pro, it'll have 20% faster performance with Apple as this is powered by Apple's chip that they make themselves. It's the A13 Bionic uh A13 Bionic. Excuse me, I'm sorry. I'm tripping over my words here. So 20% faster performance, three times faster than the Chromebook, six times faster than Android tablets. Uh, this supports center stage, which is actually like goes with the camera. The camera uh, supports 122 degree angle and movement. And center stage, what that does, if you are recording yourself, if you're on a video call, or if you're on, if you're on an app like TikTok, and you're in front of your iPad and you're recording, if you move around, the focus will shift with you, which is pretty cool. Um, It also, the iPad will also adjust the display to the color of the room. When you're, actually, if you're reading a book or something like that, it just, like, it detects the room temperature. So if you're in a darker room, the, the display might go darker to be easier on your eyes. ...that they were talking about if I'm recording myself and I look away, the iPad and the new iPhones can actually adjust the focus on the video so that it will focus in on what I'm looking at and then refocus back on me when I look back at the screen. Now, the crazy thing to me about this new iPad Pro, it's starting at just $329 with 64 gigs of memory. So inflation really doesn't seem to be affecting Apple that much. Because generally speaking, you spend a lot more than $329 on an iPad in the past. Didn't you talk about how Apple was inflation resistant? Yes, I did. Those profit margins. Yeah. You you were going in about that. Yeah. Well, they increased. I mean, the profit margin for quarter three, they edged above 40%. Uh, which uh, quarter three last year was 38%, but they just hit that magic number, that 40% number. They're a very cash-heavy business right now. They've, they've got a ton of money on them. They've also started making their own memory chips, so they're a little bit more um, insulated from the chip 
shortage than everybody else is. They're not completely insulated from it, but they're more insulated from it than Samsung or Microsoft, for example. Um, they announced this. This one's kind of a head scratcher to me. They announced the iPad mini, which to me is just like a cell phone. I've got one here that can call people. So why do I need an iPad mini? However, however, for businesses and for schools, this can be really, really useful, I think. But for the consumer, if you got a phone, I don't really know why you need this. It is pretty cool. It can, it can record in 4K. It also supports center stage, like I was talking about, uh, with the iPad Pro. It does have two times faster machine learning through the neural engine. One cool thing, it can translate a conversation in real time. That's pretty sweet, especially if you're in the retail business and you've got somebody who can't speak English or a traveler or something like that. You just use this app and it translates everything for you as it's being said. A weird thing for me here, it starts at $499. It's smaller than the iPad Pro, so I don't understand why it's more expensive than the iPad Pro, but it is. It starts at $499. What's up, Dave? So everything you mentioned, man, all, all the nice bells and whistles of this has already, like I said, been around for years with Google and Samsung. And Samsung does make its own chips, by the way. In fact, Apple in the past has bought Samsung chips and Samsung screens for their phones. Okay, okay. Okay, I stand corrected then. So so just FYI on that. But, yes, Google, remember, I've talked about the Google headphones where I have a headphone in, you have a headphone in, we speak two different languages but we hear what I hear what you're saying in my language. Well, this will translate it on the screen. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, I mean, Google also does that as well for, for the past few years. Really? So you yeah. have an app that like, if somebody's speaking to you in Chinese, you just pull it up and yep. you can read on your screen exactly what they're saying. Yep. I know you can take a and picture of the words. Cantonese, not Chinese, by the way. Oh, really? Just <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> okay. But yes, yes. I mean, so I, I like where, where Apple's going with this. I like their profit margins, you know, but let's, I want to go back to your point about valuing a company in parts. Mm-hmm. And I mentioned I was going to bring this up. And the, the value of Apple is really, for me, it's in the ecosystem, right? Mm-hmm. The ecosystem of Apple is how they make their money, their services. You know, you got to use Apple uh, music and you use Apple iCloud and you use Apple this and Apple that and you have an iMac that connects with your iPhone and your iWatch and you know it's all Apple right right and it's the Apple ecosystem you buy their services you listen to Apple music and watch Apple TV and it all works together seamlessly that is where the power of Apple really is and I want to bring up one point that I said I was going to bring up, and it was the court case recently with Epic Games versus Apple as far as do, does Epic Games, you know, when you want to make in-game purchases, does it have to go through Apple, or can they send you to a third-party Epic Games site? Mm-hmm. You know, is Apple going to slice that pie? And, and Apple won. And Apple won on almost all the different counts in every single part of this case. It's been tried, it's been tried a few different times. Epic has spent a ton of money on this, and Epic only won one of the points at one at one of the cases. And they say they're going to appeal this one again, but I mean, it just goes to show you the strength of Apple's ecosystem that it's even holding up in court. Which is important because they've got a narrow moat in regards to the hardware, which is the iPhone. There are so many different um, smartphones out there, whether it's a Android phone or Xiaomi or uh, or one of the other, um, which I, I think I'll talk about here in a little bit, some of the other um, emerging market 
uh, lower cost phones. There's there's so much competition in there. The importance for Apple is to have that ecosystem and the services revenue. That way they do have a wider moat here. And, and one of the important parts of that case was the fact that the judge says, no, Apple is not a monopoly. And they're not. They're not a monopoly. There's plenty of competition for Apple. They're just fending themselves better than those people. Now, hold on. I'm going to defend Epic Games here. They don't allow the competition on their products. And that's where it's an, I, I agree, it's an antitrust, man. Uh, I don't care. Because if there's if there's so many people that are demanding Fortnite, then they'll switch to Samsung. And then Apple will have to be, you know, a little bit more open to those things. So there's still other options out there. I, to me, Monopoly is like... A monopoly in a free market, for me, is kind of like the Yeti. Everybody talks about it, and some people swear they exist, but you can't really point one out in real life in the free market. You know, you can in, like, government-mandated monopolies like the water companies and electric companies and stuff like that. They're local monopolies, but, like, in the free market, there's hardly ever really a monopoly that lasts, if it even exists, for a little bit. And Apple's just been... They've just been very, very successful in defending their moat and, and making it wider and, and growing their base with services and their ecosystem and stuff. It may seem like a monopoly, but it's really not, in my opinion. Um, they, they announced, we'll talk about that in a little bit, but they also announced the new generation of Apple Watches with a new retina display that has 20% more screen size than Series 6, but they did it without actually increasing the dimensions of the watch. They've just increased the the uh, range of the screen on the watch. It's 70% brighter. It's supposedly crack-resistant, although that's usually like, you know, in quotes, crack-resistant. It's not really like if you fall on it, it's probably still going to break, but... You know, it's tougher. It's dust-resistant. Like water-resistant, right? Yeah. Well, you can swim with the Apple Watch. You can actually do that. And that's been a thing for a long time, I think. This starts at $399. It's becoming available later this fall. They didn't give us a specific date. One cool thing that I think about this Apple Watch is you can check your blood oxygen level, which is very important for those who become diagnosed with COVID-19. If it's below 90%, you need to be hospitalized, so you constantly have that watch on you you can always check your blood oxygen level there it makes it pretty easy um apple also tends to go after the niche crowds right like the hikers and the fitness gurus and um i mean you've got a real-time connection they, they announced apple fitness plus which will be a bunch of different fitness programs that you can watch on your mac on your ipad on your iphone or on apple tv um, and it will actually have real-time connection with the watch, and it'll show things like your hot or your heart rate, excuse me, while you're working out. There's also guided meditation that's coming out. Uh, there's fitness plus group workouts. You can work out with your friends, up to 32 people at the same time. And there was also a program on there. I didn't quite understand exactly what they were doing with it, but it was for hikers that can like you can scan the area and it'll tell you like peaks and valleys and like uh how high a mountain is for example it was kind of cool i don't know how useful that is but they also announced and most importantly the iphone 13 which represents about 42 percent of their market cap and value 
It's valued around $1.09 trillion uh, according to, the, to today's stock price. Um, and it represents about $66.01 of the current share price. So um, iPhone sales accounted for 48.59% of Apple's revenue as, uh, as of the Q3 report. This is going to have a ceramic shield. It's going to be tougher than glass. They have new colors, pink, blue, midnight, starlight, and product red. iPhone uh, 13 was announced and the iPhone 13 mini, excuse me, both are 28% brighter, powered by the Apple A15 Bionic chip. It's the fastest CPU, CPU in any smartphone by 50%, 30% faster graphics, 15.8 trillion operations per second. I have no idea what that means, but it sounds cool. Um, it is compatible with a new app that will allow you to instantly identify plants and animals around you. Once again, that niche uh, group of people, the hikers, things like that, which is it's a lot of people that do that stuff. Um, and also, in regards to niche customers, Photographers are going to be really, really attracted to this. Go ahead, Dave. No, no. I mean, I, I, I like all these things, but, I mean, those same apps and same availabilities, again, elsewhere, this is not – those those little niche things, as we're calling them, are not reasons for me to buy the stock. Not yet. No. Not yet. No. And I'll get to that point, too. All right, go ahead. Um, you. No, you're good. Uh the cinematic mode, this is pretty cool. It will hold focus on the subject even when they're moving, uh, just like center stage. Um, this starts at $699 uh, for the uh, mini and $799 for the regular iPhone. They also announced the iPhone 13 Pro and iPhone 13 Pro Max. This has the fastest graphics performance on any smartphone. Uh, they call it promotion, pro motion display, where frame rates designed they're designed to respond designed to respond dynamically and match the content and your finger when you're scrolling. Um, they said that macro photography, which allows for super detailed, super close-ups. This is actually pretty cool. Like you could actually almost see molecules on like drops and, and super close-ups of flowers. Like it, it was really super detailed. Uh, it was cool. This is the longest battery life ever in an iPhone in regards to the iPhone 13 pro. These will go on sale Friday. All of the new iPhones will go on sale Friday, September 17th. They will ship on Friday, September 24th. There was no new AirPads, which is disappointing, and that was predicted by some, but they didn't announce it yet. Go ahead, Dave. You mean AirPods and... I said AirPods, didn't I? He said AirPads. Oh. As far as batteries go, guys, I just want to inject this here, and I told you I was going to inject it. There's one company out there leading the way on extending battery life, uh, stopping batteries from overheating, and it's Cooler Technologies, K-U-L-R. I'm still a big-time buyer, still a long-term holder. Diamond hands on this one, guys. Diamond hands, K-U-L-R. <laughs> battery life, all the major companies are working with this company. Government contracts coming soon is what I believe. Sorry. Okay. Um. <laughs> Now, in regards to business, Apple posted great Q3 results as revenue surged 36% year-over-year to $81.4 billion. Gross margin came in just above 43%, up 
up from 38% last year. It is expected that Apple will complete the transition completely from Intel chips to their own chips and Macs by the end of 2022. Globally, 1.4 billion smartphones were shipped in 2019. 191 million of those were iPhones. As of 2020, it's estimated that 1 billion people globally currently use an iPhone. That's a lot of people. Apple's hardware moat for new iPhones has narrowed in recent years with competition from Android smartphones and competition from low-cost manufacturers in emerging markets like Lenovo and Xiaomi. Apple is expected However, to see double-digit iPhone sales growth in FY21, driven by 5G, the iPhone 12, and now the iPhone 13. So this is where we were talking about why the services business is so, so important. Because it serves to defend the company from that narrowing smartphone moat, which is so competitive in regards to Samsung and all these other companies having smartphones out there. Apple really needs to keep their customers, right? So that's why the services segment is so important. Now, we can look at the services segment. You'll see that they have had a 21% increase from FY16 to FY20. The App Store is still the biggest contributor to this growth, but Apple Music is starting to gain momentum as well. Paid subscriptions are also rising with about 585 million active subscriptions as of September 2020. So that, like... The iPhone itself has no moat. It's the ecosystem of Apple that keeps people attached. Right. That's yeah. that's how they defend other com- you know customers from or other companies from encroaching onto their market. And you know, Epic Games is trying to stop that. I support Epic Games in that. I know you don't. We disagree on this. I, I believe that eventually Apple's going to lose one of these legal battles. I'm sure they will, but you still have like I still have iBooks. I can't get iBooks on on uh, on a, on an Android. That's right. not allowed. So, um, and I still That's have my Apple music. Doesn't, Apple doesn't allow their apps to be used on anything other than an Apple device. That's Apple's fault, not Android's. It's fine. Yeah, but they have the right to do that. I mean, they, they created it. Android will, will be happy to share their apps on the Apple device, but Apple doesn't want that, you know? Yeah. So, I mean... You, you well, Android, actually, I can get I can get um, Amazon, Kindle, or... Uh, or uh, I don't know if I can... I can't get Google Podcasts on here, but, like, your books, apps, I can actually get on here. You I can get, get the Google Kindle. Photos, by the yeah. way. And I always tell people who they have an Apple phone to store their pictures on Google Photos... Because you could take it anywhere. You just got to log into Google Photos and download your pictures from the cloud. Yeah. When you take in all these numbers into effect, Apple only has 15% of the global smartphone market. So that's what we're talking about. These services, the ecosystem, very important. Um, iPhones account for 48.59% of Apple's revenue uh, as of the Q3 report. I think I mentioned that already. Macs were 10.11%. Services were 21.47%, up from 18.87% in the previous quarter, but roughly flat, surprisingly, year over year. Maybe not too surprisingly, though, because we did have the COVID situation last year, and a lot of people were shut down and probably buying a lot of stuff from Apple at that point in time, so... A lot of new shows on Apple TV Plus, too. Uh, looks like some new stars like Tom Hanks and Jason Sudeikis and 
you know, Jennifer Aniston, she's not new. She's coming for the uh, second season of The Morning Show. So they're increasing their exposure into streaming uh, and spending a lot on that sector as well. Yeah, they have a Jason Momoa and uh, Dave Bautista show on Apple Plus. I've seen advertisements for everywhere. And I see that media streaming as the one of the biggest drivers for Apple Plus. I mean, Amazon came out today and said, hey, our Amazon Prime business is is still just a fraction of what we want it to be. I mean, when they come out and say, this is a fraction of what we want it to be, and Amazon Prime, it, the streaming is just so huge in, in of itself. I mean, that tells you that there's so much for these companies to really delve into that market. But now I, I think we've become all so much a la carte that, uh, you know, it, it's people can't afford to get all these things. They have to pick and choose. Yeah. And they're going to have lot. to pick and choose. It's so the saturated. Comes, right. The question comes down to, are they going to pick and choose Apple TV? We I think, know if you have a phone, you're going to use the Apple ecosystem. Yeah. But how much are you going to use it? And you get the software auto- automatically installed on your phone and your iPad as well. I, I think that remains to be seen. And I think that's, you know... And it's interesting to see Netflix getting into gaming as well. And maybe that's part of them defending themselves from other people to get in sort of into a new streaming service. You know, you and I talked about that here on the podcast uh, a little bit back, but I still have yet to see the actual product that they said they were launching. Yeah, I haven't seen it either, and I don't know how it's going to work. It's going to be... Is it going to be on an Xbox? Is it going to be on PlayStation? Or is it just going to be their own thing? I don't know. Who knows? Maybe they're going backwards, and they're going to ship out the the actual uh, CDs there. Hey, a few episodes ago... Well, I don't know how long. We've done almost 30 episodes right now. That's pretty cool. (laughs) Um, But but a while back, I mentioned that Take-Two Interactive... um, that I could never catch Take Two Interactive. It always seemed too overvalued for me. Well, now it's sitting below its 200-day moving average, and I think it's time to buy Take Two Interactive. Um, with some of the risks that you're seeing with that stock, uh, delays and new titles being released, and um, delays and the new consoles being shipped to stores. Still, we're having that issue, but there's so much pent-up demand for games and for these new consoles that. Uh, once they are available, they're going to keep flying off the shelves. People are going to buy these in crazy record numbers. And you've got GTA 6 coming sometime probably in the next year and a half. So that's going to be huge for uh, for Take-Two Interactive. Dude, did you see the numbers that GTA 5 did? Yeah, Holy. because they made everybody wait 10 years. They made everybody wait 10 years for GTA 6. I know, but... It, but like. Hollywood. They're not going to pump it out in that time. Hollywood you I, wishes. Hey, you and I both know someone who's behind G- the scenes on creating these these games. GTA Five. Reach out to him and ask him about where they're at. Oh, uh, they're not. He's not going to tell us. He can't. It's a publicly traded company. But GTA Five has been around since 2013, I think. So we're getting to the point where it's about time for that to to come out. Plus, they they said that they're going to have to. Um, Delay the release of two new immersive titles. I think GTA 6 is going to be one of those titles. They also uh, delayed the uh, re-release of GTA 5 for the new generation consoles as well. Because they said they had some uh, things to polish up as far as those games go. But, I mean, 
they've got a pretty good pipeline of games coming out. I'm buying Take-Two Interactive right now. I think it's a good time to do it. Holiday season's coming up. You've got a huge pullback on this stock right now. I like it. Hold on, hold on. The holiday season's coming up, but yes, I'm going to find... I'm gonna, while you're finishing up your thought here, I'm going to find the articles recently about buy your Christmas gifts now. Major companies have come out and said this. Nike's come out and said this. I'm going to pull it up so I can read from it for you. Um, and, and go I've seen this. it. Well, do you really think people are that proactive? I don't. I shop the last week of Christmas, right before Christmas, the last week right before Christmas, every year, no matter what. I don't expect that to change, and I don't expect it to change with most people either. But with the supply issues, you you and I both know... I, I'm not going to say how, but there's a there's a lack of carriers and, and truck drivers in the system right now, and yeah. everything's going to take longer in the system to get from point A to point B. So if you are expecting a hot gift or something, you do need to buy it. Yeah, that's true. That I guess that, that is true in regards to that. And you can't really predict when the supply situation is going to go away. I mean, we've I know me and you have both heard countless times like estimations as to when the supply chain was going to clear up and they've been wrong so far every single time because here we are in september of 2021 we've still got a supply chain issue so we don't know when that's going to happen but i think there's enough backlog for take two interactive uh to um and for microsoft and sony for those sales to pick up like really really heavily once the supply chain clears up, but you can't really predict when that's going to happen. You can't, you can't know. And I, I do believe gaming is still strong. Uh, there's definitely a huge gaming sector out there. Esports is in mo- most major colleges now have esport teams. Esport, there's professional teams. They're all over. They got their own shows on ESPN on all on different channels all over the uh, the spectrum here. It's it's. It's definitely still a growing industry, even though it's so huge. Now, they don't have the stadiums right now because of uh, COVID, but they they were filling up stadiums to watch people play video games just a couple years ago. Yeah. I mean, so it's 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 a massive market, and I believe that there is growth in that. You know me. I'm a huge VR player. I love VR. This is something I do. Yeah, the NBA I, I NBA Two K League, for example, that's one of those, and, and that's that's Take Two Interactive, which is Take Two. So, right. I just the benefit beneficiaries of that. Every time you bring up Take Two, I just think you bring it up because you love Red Dead. I love Red Dead. It's the greatest so, game ever, and and Grand Theft Auto Five as well. So Apple, buy, yeah. sell, hold, price target. What are we looking at? Oh, it, you know, it really depends on interest rates and when the Fed def- decides to taper. I don't think you buy it right now. I certainly don't. If you have the stock, I certainly don't think you sell it. So I'm going to take a neutral position here because I think the Fed is going to start to taper. I, I do see the the 10-year rate today was, was somewhere around 1.28%, but I expect up, upward pressure on that in the next uh, in the next six months. Once that starts to happen, once the Fed starts to taper, once they start talking about raising interest rates, they're not going to do it yet, but they'll start talking about it. 
you're probably going to get a better deal on stocks like Apple and Google and, um, well, Alphabet, whatever you want to call it, and Netflix. Those big tech companies are probably going to see the same cycle you saw at the beginning of this year where growth became, well, came out of favor and then value came into favor, right? It's probably going to happen again. So you're probably going to get a better deal on Apple. One thing I want you to look out for, if that 10-year interest rate starts to rise, if the Fed does start tapering, we want it to be because the Fed thinks we're in a healthy economic environment. We don't want it to be because they're afraid of inflation. So Dave, you've talked about that September jobs report uh, quite a bit, and it is very, very important to start looking at those unemployment numbers because if they start tapering and raising rates, while jobs are being added and while we're growing, we can handle that much better. And then you could take top tech stocks that have a ton of money and very little depth, like Apple, for example, and Microsoft, and you can go bottom picking picking when those start to move downwards because of rate hikes. And you'll be fine over the long run as long as the economic growth supports it. Go ahead. So, all right. The Fed, the Fed tapering, the, the Federal Reserve guys have come on record and said that they are for tapering, have always said that they're as long as we're in a good, strong economy. If the inflation stays at its current rate right now, are we in a good, strong economy? If we're not producing jobs in September, are we in a good, strong economy? I mean, those are the questions you have to ask. I want to see a lot of jobs added. I want to see the number in like five, 600,000 because we still have a lot of people unemployed, but we have more job openings than we have unemployed people in America right now. And so people are being picky and choosy with their jobs, which I, ain't nothing wrong with that. It's, it's American way. You want to be picky and choosy, you have the right to be, right? Right. You know, but I mean, at some point we got to they got to re-enter the labor market, and they they have to add to it because that's what's going to spur the economic growth that this country needs right now. And with the inflation concerns, I mean, the government's been saying it's transitory, transitory, transitory. You can only say that for so long before it's not transitory. <laughs> yeah. This is. This is permanent inflation that's going to be built in, and if your if your raise this year is not above what inflation is, then you lost money. Yeah, and you lost value. I'm and a nerd. So, I'm a nerd, so I listen to earnings reports for fun and earnings calls and stuff like that. There have been multiple retailers that have said that this is a lot less transitory than what the Fed thinks it is, or what they say it is at least. Yeah, I mean Kroger just came out there. That's a major grocery chain. Came out and said they have to. They're going to pass on these inflationary uh, uh, costs to the consumer. So everything's going up in value, yeah. you know. And they're just going to pass it on. You're going to see small incremental changes in price to your everyday grocery products. They've already passed some on. Now you're going to see more. And this is just going to be how things are right now until we put a hamper on inflation. You know, or we see a GDP number that actually shows growth, and that's what I'm looking for. We need the GDP last time they reported was below what we needed. Yeah, you know, it, it missed like, expectations by quite a bit. Yeah, it missed expectations, and we need a high GDP number to cover the spending we're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, and they could say some this spending is working here, this spending is working here. Well, that's great, 
But if we don't cover it, then you're just going to have this hyperinflation. And then the American consumer and the poor actually come out worse in the long run. And, and that's what we don't want. Yeah. We want to help everybody in America. It's like our saying here on Chinchilla Pickin. We want everybody to make money. You know, we can't do that unless we, we get these, these numbers and people in the workplace that we need. But anyways, as, as far as when it comes, let me bring it back to Apple here for a second as far as what I think. All right? Because you made your call on Apple. I'm going to make my, my decision on Apple here. You said we were neutral. You said, you know, you're not going to buy it if you don't own it. And if you do own it, you're just going to hold it, right? Yeah. I, I think you're, you're making your test a call of 2020, all right? I think you're, you're going to be a loser on this one. I'm, I'm saying Apple's a buy. Um, if Apple hits 180, I say that's where you hit my neutral area. Apple has the habit of selling off down to its 100-day moving average, 100-day uh, simple moving average, and then its 150-day moving average, and then it hits support levels at those areas. And if you buy in just a little at the 100-day moving average, and then you buy in more at the 150-day moving average, and then if it hits the 200-day moving average, you back up the truck, mortgage your house. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. Um, but just load money into it. That, for me, has always been a winning trade with Apple. So that that's kind of where I'm sitting at right now. I'm watching the moving averages. I kind of want that 200-day moving average. And I think... You want it. You want it, but you also wanted Tesla to hit that in 2020 and did it. And that was the question. You always kept complaining how you kept getting burned. And I'm saying Tesla to 2020, Apple is your new Tesla. Well, maybe. Maybe. You look at you look at long term chart of Apple. It goes from bottom left to top right, just like Nvidia. Well, I mean, but it also I mean, moves. Yeah, there's ups and downs. There's ups and downs. Like they anything. they move with so, interest rates. So if interest rates start to increase, this, even if it is the economy that's you know moving in the right direction, and th that actually winds up being good for Apple because people are spending a ton of money on Apple, and if the economy is healthy, then Apple is doing great, right? Um, but the initial reaction is to sell off the NASDAQ every single time. So if we have tapering and upward pressure on interest rates, then I could get that opportunity. If interest rates don't have upward pressure and we sit rage bound around 1.3, 1.4, or even less like we have been, then yes, I'm going to miss this. Either way, answer yes or no. Does Apple go up from this price it's at right now? Either of those scenarios. Long term, long -term long yes, term. but I'm not so confident. Way, it's a buy. <laughs> I'm just saying, if interest rates start to rise, you're going to get a better deal. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that. All right. Yeah, and that, by the way, this kind of falls into my interest rates and tapering game plan. Okay. If interest rates start to rise... Then you're watching that September jobs report. You're watching the GDP numbers. If those are hitting or beating expectations, then you go bottom fishing from Microsoft and Apple because they're probably going to drop when that happens. The second thing, as far as this game plan goes, to be proactive, you can go to chinchillapicking.com, look at my How to Grade a Stock article, Use those as your stock screening tools.
but I want you to add in because you want to be looking for value stocks that are going to outperform with rising interest rates. Add in the screener that you're looking for a stock with a price to book value of one or less. And just do your research, pick from that list that comes up, and then buy the one that you think is best. There you go. Personally, I can't make a call on this right now, but I'm looking at NSTAR, and I haven't done enough research on it. I just came up with it today. So that, that NSTAR group yeah. might, might be good. It might, it's something to look at. I will give you an update on that next week. Alright. Cool. We'll look forward to that next I just, week. I just broke our rules. Sorry. Hey, it's, it's fine. Hey, here's the thing, guys. Um, we're, we're thinking about doing some uh, small little podcasts throughout the week. little break with Brandon or uh, date with Dave. Ten minutes. <laughs> give our thought on something. Uh, we'll still have this main one every single week. These are just ideas we're floating out there. We, you know, Brandon, final thought? Anything? Now, just, I mean, you really need to watch the numbers, see why interest rates are rising. If it's because of inflation, then that's bad. If it's not because of inflation and it's because we're in a healthy environment, then that's fine. There you go. Watch Apple. You know, if it goes up the next month, Dave was right, Brandon was wrong. Let's remember that. Um, <laughs> but uh, final thought for me, guys, everything we're talking about here, all these electronics, all these electronic devices are powered by batteries. I keep mentioning this. You're missing an opportunity if you're not investing long-term in Cooler, K-U-L-R. I am very long-term, very bullish on that that company. I can't say enough good things about it. Link, we do, I day-traded it this past week. Uh, we had Mark, uh, the guy who's uh, hosting the, if you will, competition between Chinchilla Pickin and Money Vikings. He day-traded it on our advice this week. It got day-traded multiple different ways. It is channeling. It's a good channel stock right now, the way it's working. Keep an eye out. I, you know, I might post something on Instagram. I might not. But if you follow us on Instagram, you're definitely going to catch it if we do. I got, At Chinchilla Pickin. I got us about 4% on that RH pick. Yes, you did. See, That's I mean, a good one. Like, like we're, 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 we're throwing out some good picks and some good advice, guys. If you want us to send you a personalized pick based on your, your personality, please DM us on Instagram. At Chinchilla Pickin. We'll get back to you ASAP. Or you can email Brandon at brandonbeaver at chinchillapicking.com. I might check right, it guys. someday. <laughs> right? <laughs> we hope, as always, we've been entertaining, educational, and uplifting because we want everyone to make money. Have a good night. Have a good night.